0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, more details about Model 3 trickle out, plus Elon Musk gives a lot of new information on everything else in this week's Q2 Investor Call. I've got all the best clips for you, let's go. Welcome, friends, to episode 105 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for August 6th, 2017. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. I want to thank everybody that joined me last week. It was one of the biggest episodes I've ever done, downloads-wise. Probably had some new folks in there, so if you were trying the podcast for the first time last week, uh, welcome and thank you for giving it a shot. I am uh, your one-man show here, but I do want to thank Trevor Page from Model 3 Owners Club for co-hosting with me while he happened to be in town last week. Uh, In fact, he's uh, just still just finishing up his his week of vacation here. I just came back from In-N-Out Burger with him. He had to he had to get some In-N-Out while he was here. And well, I'm more than happy to oblige that any chance I get. It was uh, was good to have him on the show last week. He was very generous with his time. And I thought he was great on the show and uh, heard from a number of you that you enjoyed him on here as well. I also want to mention real quick before I get going, uh, last week I think was sort of the uh, officially or unofficially the two-year anniversary of this podcast. I've been doing this for two years now, so it's, it's totally flown by. And I've continued to have as much fun doing it now as I did at the beginning. And uh, hopefully, I feel like I've got a good rhythm for everything now. And of course, I'm always hoping to evolve and improve and, and make the podcast better. but thanks to all of you whether or not you've stuck with me from episode one you came in at episode 35 with the model 3 reveal I know a lot of people did and or whether you've come in more recently whatever the case I just I appreciate you trusting me with uh, you know 45 minutes or, or a bit more of your time each and every week to catch you up on the week's Tesla news and what I think of it. in fact this week, You already know the answer because you've got the file in front of you. I think this week might be a bit longer than 45 minutes because there is a lot to get to. The Model 3 delivery event was last week, of course, told you all about it. My experience there, I was so grateful to attend. Uh, And there have been some follow-ups, as expected, some stuff from Elon on Twitter. And then we had the Q2 investor conference call from Tesla. I've, I've gone through every minute of that and pulled out all of the best quotes from the Tesla executive team, Elon Musk, uh, John McNeil, uh, J.B. Straubel, etc. So stay tuned for that coming up. I want to go first, though. I want to start with the follow-ups on the Model 3 from the delivery event last week, some stuff we've learned since then. And in fact, to kick us off in that direction, I want to go to Kevin from Eagle, Wisconsin, calling in about his... Uh, his estimated delivery window, I know a lot of us, all of us, Model 3 reservation holders have been obsessively checking that this week, hoping that the date will move up. And uh, let's hear what Kevin has to say on that subject and his experience. Kevin, you're on the air.
1: Hi, Ryan. This is Kevin from Eagle, Wisconsin. Uh, great uh, event of the uh, Model 3 uh, reveal. Uh, enjoyed uh, your podcast with your guest host, Trevor Page. A comment I have is, I checked my delivery date on July 29th for the dual motor option, and it stated September to November 2018. I just happened to go on the site today, uh, August 1st, and the date has shifted earlier, August October 2018. I hope this trend continues. Thanks very much for everything you do for the Tesla community. Bye.
0: Hey Kevin, thanks for the call. And fortunately, yes, mine moved up as well since I recorded last week's episode. I, I had been lamenting the dual motor estimate for that last week. Uh, and, but fortunately that has moved up. So mine now shows July to September 2018 for all-wheel drive delivery. So that's much, much better than the September to November that I was showing previously. That's a a huge improvement. However, I wanted to mix in with this, the response to to Kevin's phone call here, a bit of news. I mean, it's not news per se is more of a Reinforcement of some, some existing knowledge, uh, and it's it's certainly relevant to my interests and no doubt a lot of yours as well. The question about whether or not a performance model is happening has been lingering in a lot of Tesla fans' minds, including my own, because that's that's always been my goal. Ever since I've been I've been hoping that maybe I'd be able to somehow, some way scrape together enough to get the Model 3 performance version when it when the car finally came out. Uh, you know Elon had had said, "Of course there will be a ludicrous mode." Uh, on Twitter last year after the reveal, but it it's been over a year since Elon or anyone else at Tesla has publicly acknowledged or really even commented on a performance Model 3 version and and you know last week's delivery event, he did Elon did dodge the question, not dodge, but you know he did not really give an answer when asked by reporters about it. And f- adding fuel to my my fear that there would be no performance version was not only, of course, the idea that the fact that Tesla has been working very hard to separate the Model S from the Model 3 to create that separation and not have the three seem... Like it's better than the S. And well, one way to do that would be to not offer a performance version and say, hey, if you really want the performance, you've got to step up to our luxury, our premium sedan. Uh, and then the other part that had me worried was the idea that Tesla said they're not badging the Model 3s. They're just, you know, there's long range battery, there's standard battery, but they're, they just they just don't care about that. Uh, they're, as far as the external you know, bragging rights on the back of the car, they're just not going to badge the cars, uh, at least not for now. So, of course, they didn't badge the Model S's in the beginning either, although I think it was less of a conscious decision back then and more of just a, that's how it worked out. Like, oh, I guess, <laughs> they figured, out, oh, I guess we, we could badge these so that people can tell which model is which. But anyway, uh, I threw out a tweet at Elon Musk, which asked the following. I said, uh, is performance coming at some point for model three? It has not been mentioned since you tweeted about it last year, please. And, uh, much to my delight hours later, uh, my Twitter feed started blowing up because I got a reply from Elon Musk directly. And he did say, quote, probably middle of next year. Focus now is on getting out of model three production. Hell more versions equals deeper in hell. So you know, it's not a guarantee that performance, that a performance version of model three is happening. He noticed that he does couch that a little bit, whether by design or, or not, he says probably middle of next year, uh, that could change who knows, you know, th- th- who knows with the production ramp and, and the way th- sales go on the S and the three, but what, at least what it does is it, it sort of, updates the confirmation for now. So for now, as far as we know, there will be a performance version and it looks like it's going to happen next summer. So I am going to hold out for that. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to afford it depending on what the price of it's going to be, but I've been trying to trying to make that happen, trying to save my pennies wherever I can. So we'll see. If not, uh, I know I've got a very excellent dual motor uh, version waiting for me in the window of July to September of 2018. So that was the first bit of Tesla news, Model 3 updates that I wanted to share with you this week. Next up are charging details, specifically supercharging details. The long range battery, uh, should you elect to get that Model 3, will charge at the same rate as the Model S and the Model X, which is 170 miles in 30 minutes. The standard battery, however, is going to charge a bit more slowly at the superchargers, 130 miles in 30 minutes. So uh, just, you know, something to be aware of, the differences in the, the batteries there. I'm sure there is a reason, probably a technical reason for that, but uh, just wanted to pass along that factoid. Also this, this you know this really doesn't affect anything in the, or not much in the real world, but Tesla did confirm the drag coefficient of Model 3 is 0.23. You may recall that after the Model 3 reveal, Tesla had said they're aiming, aiming for 0.21. So they didn't quite get there. However, 0.23 still does just nudge out both the Model S and X, which are each 0.24, so, 24 pardon me, which makes the Model 3. One of, if not the single most aerodynamic mass production car in uh, in the world today. So that's neat. that's neat. I also wanted to next correct a mistake. I feel terrible about this. I got something wrong last week, and the last thing I want to do is, is share misinformation with anybody. Uh, and that is this. It's regarding the United States federal tax credit, which is a you know a big topic for pretty much all of us. Uh, in the United States that are, they're buying these cars, whether you're buying an S an X or a three. And I was mistaken on that. So I, I simply, uh, I, it's the, the blame is mine, not Trevor's because he's Canadian. He, he doesn't have to keep ultra close tabs on this the way I do and the responsibility I have, not only for my own personal interests and my own personal financial planning with this car, but of course I'm sitting here doing a podcast that that uh, you kind folks trust me with your your time to give you and to give you proper information. So here it is: the full credit is going to be available for one quarter after they hit two hundred thousand sold, and then it's the second calendar quarter after it's hit that it drops to fifty percent. I completely misinterpreted that. So I just, I feel terrible. I apologize for misleading you. So setting the record straight, fixing my mistake here, doing the best I can to that. So what that means is if Tesla passes 200,000 cars sold in the United States, remember that international deliveries don't affect this at all. They could ship a million cars to Canada or Europe or anywhere else, and it would not affect that 200,000 Uh, United States federal tax credit incentive. So if it's triggered in Q1, which is the best projection at this point, that means Q2, April, May, June would get the full credit and then Q3 and Q4. So July onwards would be, well, July through December would be half credit. uh, And then it would continue the phase out after that. So uh again, apologies for that and do plan accordingly as best you can with, of course, <laughs> whatever your estimated delivery date is. There's only so much control you have over that if you're a Model 3 reservation holder. Next this week, the design studio, which we've all been clamoring for, was finally revealed uh, to Tesla employees who have access to it. But as I mentioned, you may have heard me say with Trevor last week, if you did hear last week's episode. There's really no drama about that anymore because Tesla went ahead and told us all the options and pricing right after the event. So there's no real hunger to get into that design studio. We do know all the options, all the pricing, all the, the paint colors, etc. cetera. Uh, I wanted to mention too, this, is, this struck me after I, we finished recording last week, the one hands-on experience with the Model 3 that I was so fortunate to have that I did not share with you, I just wanted to mention... The, the wood grain that's on all these premium interior model 3s. now visually, it's not my cup of tea. I would prefer something else. Um, I think it's a little I think it kind of is a strange contrast in a car as futuristic and minimalistic as the model 3 to have uh, just this you know this strip of, of wood finish running across the, uh, you know, minimized dashboard of the car, but I did, uh, touch it. I sort of ran my fingers over it and I have to give Tesla a lot of credit. You know, this is a $35,000 car. Okay. The premium package makes it more than that. But you know, if you do opt for that premium package, the the wood grain felt very nice. It had a real nice, it, it's not just a, like a flat veneer. Uh, it did have a, have a, a, um, you know, very tactile 3D feel to it with grooves and ridges and things. And it it had a very premium feel to it. So I wanted to just mention that in case you're, you know, maybe you're on the fence about it or maybe you're wondering, oh, does it feel like a cheap plastic veneer? No, it certainly does not. So I uh, wanted to pass along that observation from the event last week. Next, Steve Jerviston, who is on the board of directors at Tesla. He's an investor and he is obviously a big, big Tesla fan and supporter. He has model S VIN number one. I've, I've mentioned his story before. Uh, he also got model three VIN number five, which he chose in white. And he's been, uh, he's been pretty cool with, with people on social media, answering a few questions about the car and more specifically, he posted a video of the charge port on model three. You'll remember we talked about that a lot. It flips up on model three, you know, around the edge of the driver's side taillight. Uh, I should say left hand side taillight because the driver's side isn't always the left side for all of my <laughs> listeners. Those of you that are in other countries. And uh, so it flips up and everybody wondered, Oh, well, is it just a manual thing then? Do you just, you have to go out and manually open it up and, the good news is no, it is motorized, and Steve Jervison posted a video of it in action. And sure enough, it, it is automatic when you when you press that that uh, button on the the uh, charger, which is same same exact way it works with the SNX. You push that button near with while holding the charging cable near that port, and that charge port door automatically flips open. And then Steve showed uh, closing it using the app. So hopefully it's, it'll close by itself. If you were to just take the charging cable out, put it away and then get in your car. And I would assume, I would hope that when you press on the brake, it closes that charging port door. Cause you certainly want it, wouldn't want it open while you're driving. Certainly in, in, at any speed, let alone spe- specifically highway speed. But it was, it was cool of Steve to, uh, to post that up and, and just confirm a nice, neat little thing, because guess what? What's one thing that every single Model 3 owner is gonna be doing on a very, very regular basis? Charging. So, you know, it's a little thing, but it adds up, because we're gonna be having to access that charging port thousands of times over the, the time we own these cars, and it's cool to see and hear and have confirmation that it's motorized. Next, in the Model 3 update department, the first Model 3 accessories have hit the Tesla online store. You can get yourself a sunshade for the interior, uh, for the glass roof. Let's just suction that up there. And that is $75 for that fitted, that sunshade. And if you need a, uh, a different phone dock for the center console in the premium, premium uh, package configuration, You know, if you want to dock an Android or some other type of uh, phone in there, they are $14 a piece with the available options being a lightning port for Apple products, and then there's USB-C or micro USB. So that seems very, very reasonably priced. And finally, before I get to the Q2 conference call that Tesla had this week, the final Model 3 update I wanted to share is something that none of us saw uh, this came about later once the car was, well, there was a render and then somebody spotted it there. And then in daylight, it was, it was spotted as well. I wonder if this is part of the reason why the event was held at night. I mean, probably not. I'm looking too much into it. I'm sure because every single Tesla event has been held in the evening, but, uh, model three friends has an interior facing camera on an assembly below the, rear view mirror it has an interior facing camera so presumably this is it's going to be used in conjunction with the tesla network when when the whole ride sharing thing gets started i mean maybe you're going to be able to keep an eye on your occupants or maybe it's only going to be used for damage claims if you know if something you get your car back and there's something wrong with it maybe there'll be kind of a dvr function in there where you'll be able to to look back at the video and and see uh See what your passengers did. I could also see this, you know. Once the cars hit level four, level five autopilot, and I use it to say send my daughter somewhere, like to school or a friend's house or something, I might want to keep an eye on her while she's in the car. Make sure her seatbelt is on. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I could see that, you know, being something that parents would want to do. Or if you know, you've you've got a Maybe you're using the the Tesla network, or rather you're using the autopilot, uh, the self-driving to uh, transport an you know elderly parent or grandparent, which is going to be great to you know get talk about getting people mobile and get let, letting people get around that who may not really be able to get around. Uh, you know, you might want to keep an eye on them too, make sure they're doing okay. So there is an interior facing camera in the model in every single model three. It's not doing anything right now, but it's going to at some point, again, part of that Tesla forward thinking. And the final note I have on this is, you're probably thinking the same thing, expect this to start very quietly showing up in the Model S and the Model X probably any day now. Uh, if it's shipping in Model 3 now, I can't imagine it's going to be too far behind in the S and the X, particularly when Tesla has said time and again that the tech will go into the S and the X first. So, it wouldn't surprise me if literally any day now, uh, somebody takes delivery and posts online that their S or X has the interior facing camera in it. You know, there, there's not going to be any fanfare about it. Tesla will talk about it later. Probably once the Tesla network is, is, uh, nearing completion and, and nearing, uh, the time for deployment, but it, that is rolling out now. So that's pretty cool to see. All right. Let's uh, go to the conference call now. Elon, uh, J.B. Straubel, Deepak, John McNeil, everybody on there to uh, talk to the investors, the analysts, get give updates on uh, on the company and answer some questions. This is always good for some choice quotes from Elon Musk because, well, you know, there's no PR filter. Not that Elon ever has a PR filter, but there's there's really no pr filter there to stop him from answering any of the questions or saying anything he wants so i want to start this is a long clip here buckle up it's like 8 minutes long but this is these are elon's opening remarks he talks about how significant the july 28th delivery event was he issues you'll hear a ton of confidence about the upcoming production rate on Model Three, about how they've learned from their mistakes, uh, talks about the initial reviews of Model Three a little bit, the demand, uh, the increase in demand. So there, there's a lot of ground covered here. It's a long clip, but I really think this is worth playing because it's, you know, this is uh, this is straight from the horse's mouth. You know, you can't get any more any more direct than this. So here is Elon Musk giving his overview on where Tesla stands after Q2 2017.
2: So first of all, I want to say that um, Friday night was an amazing time for Tesla. It's the, uh, one of the most important days uh, in the history of the company. It's something we've been striving for for 14 years. Uh, it's... Uh, the car that we've, the Model 3 handing over those 30 production model, model 3s was was a just incre- incredible milestone in the company's history. We've wanted to make a an, an a, 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 a great affordable electric car, which is a fundamental thing that is missing. Uh, we wanted to make that from day one, and if we if we could only have done it sooner, we would have. Um, and um, I'm glad that this day has come. What we have ahead of us, of course, is. Uh, an incredibly difficult production ramp. Uh, nonetheless, I think we're quite a great team. And I'm very, very confident that we will be able to reach a production rate of uh, 10,000 vehicles per week uh, towards the end of next year. Um, and we, we remain, uh, we believe, on track to achieve a 5,000 unit week by the end of this year. Um, so I would certainly urge people to not get too caught up in what exactly falls within the exact calendar boundaries of, of uh, a quarter or well, one quarter of the next, uh, because when you when you have an exponentially growing production ramp, slight changes of a few weeks here or there can appear to have dramatic changes, but that is simply because of the arbitrary uh, nature of the uh, of the, the when a quarter ends. So. Um, but what people should ha- absolutely have zero concern about, and zero, is that Tesla will achieve a 10,000-unit production week by the end of next year. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you consider of say where we came from, the Roadster, uh, we were making only 600 units a week, where the non-powered portion of the car is made by uh, by Lotus. Um, and we, we did the powertrain and the final assembly of the car. Um, and then we went from that to uh, 20,000 units a year of the Model S, a far more complex car where we did the, the whole thing. And then we, uh, with Model 3, even more vertically integrated, uh, I, I think people should really not, uh, not have any concerns that we will reach that, uh, that, that outcome from a production rate. Uh, we're also very confident about costs. We feel we gained a lot of experience. We've, uh, we certainly aspire to learn from the mistakes of the past, and I think we, we largely have. The buck um, will go into uh, some of uh, our margin expectations there. Um, and um, and you know, i like say, for example, the, the, the Model X, where the mistake that we made, and I have to obviously take a primary responsibility here, um, was having... Far too much advanced technology in version one of a product. It's, it's incredible. Model X is an incredible car, but it was it was um, overreaching for uh, the first generation of product. But in the, ca- in the case of the Model Three, we've 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 strived hard to simplify and make sure that um, it has everything that's necessary to be a fantastic car. And if you see the reviews, the reviews are if you really what one could not ask for better reviews. Um, and I'll just sort of give you a. One little uh, one, one little anecdote um, which was um, which I, 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 you, you, I found quite surprising is that when we were giving test drives to uh, or tests well, the, the journalists were doing were driving the car and doing test drives um, about eighty percent of the journalists said that they would buy the car themselves um most of the remaining 20% said probably. This is crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Um, So this is a very good sign. Um, uh, It it should also be noted that um, one of our big concerns was that Model S, particularly, and, and Model X demand would suffer with the introduction of the three. In fact, this has turned out to be the opposite uh, situation. Model S and X demand increased with the release of the three. John, would you like to just elaborate on that? I, that, was, that was this was a you know we, we did express this as a concern. Yes. And and it was a big concern, but um, it, it has turned out to be a, a, a pleasant surprise.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. Not only, as Elon said, we expressed it as a concern. Um, we had uh, we had positive comps both year over year and in quarter over quarter in, in orders in in, sec- in the second quarter. Uh, but since then, uh, orders have accelerated in July, as we noted in our shareholder letter, um, and they've accelerated further since the um, since the handover event on Friday for the Model Three so uh it, it clearly shows that s and x as our flagship products have uh have a strong position in the market and strong demand um, and that's uh that's super encouraging uh that we've got those a, th- a strong product lineup with three cars that uh um, that are proving to be very popular in their in their individual segments
2: um yeah in fact um i don't know if, i think we mentioned some of this in the uh, earnings letter, but just some of the um the key stats on, yeah. uh, you know, say July, July orders for SNX were. Yeah,
3: July orders were 15% higher than our Q2 average weekly order rate. So we've accelerated off of Q2 into uh, yeah. July. Um, and as we noted in the shareholder letter, deliveries grew by 53% uh, compared to the, uh, to the to the Q2 16 in a flat uh, luxury vehicle market. So we're yeah, gaining share. We're, yeah. In a flat market, in a flat to market down uh, to down market,
2: uh, and the uh, the order rates accelerated. So July was one of our best months ever. Yeah. Um, again, contrary to our expectations, that right. I want to emphasize. Um, of course, you know who knows if this will continue, but it's all, all indications are that that it that it will. Um, so that's that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, as a side note, we're also making great progress on our internal autopilot software. Um, it's getting better and better. I'm really, really excited. I, I test drive the uh, latest developer release um, as soon as it comes out, and I'm like, this is this is really getting to be something special. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's really and, and I think it's, it's going to accelerate from, from here um, and the, the, the talent that we're seeing join on the technical side for uh, for autopilot is, is really world class uh, I don't think there's, it's unmatched anywhere I would say um, so let's see um, uh, model 3 orders are net, net, net orders Um there's not that many cancellations so about 1800 a, a day the, the important exercise there you can't see the car unless you want to look at pictures online you can't test drive the car you have to put down a thousand dollar deposit um, we're not promoting the car we, 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 we're not promoting the car um, the you know if you go to our stores we we don't even want to talk about it really um, and because uh, we want to talk about the thing that we can supply you know if somebody orders of model three now it's probably late next year before they get it um we, we you know we want to get people to car, it you know, whereas it's like maybe a one or two month wait for an S or an X um, um and I think the the point that we were trying to make that the the S is still a superior sedan yeah um uh, it seems to have come through um uh, and uh, it, it is true um uh, things are a little confusing because of the, the nomenclature of being Model 3 versus <laughs> Model S and X, um, which is, you again, know, sort of my fault, being too uh, sort of too clever for my own good there, because um, it's supposed to be the Model E. Um, um, as you can tell, I have a wonderful sense of humor. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, it, it, but, but then people mistook that for Generation 3. But but in fact, um, if you look at, say, uh, what we're really on right now, um, I would say, is, is approximately generation four, but we're on generation four of S, X, and three, at the risk of really confusing matters. Uh, Model three is generation four, <laughs> and, and, and so. But, but so are S and X. We evolve the technology all at the same time. So um, overall looking, looking really good. Um, and then, um, uh, solar roof, we've, we've uh installed and working the the solar roof tiles. Uh, I have it on my house, JB has it on his house. Uh, we've I think, included some of the pictures uh in the uh in, in the, the earnings letter. Um, I want to be I want to emphasize so those are on un- the 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 roof is there's no photoshopping on the roof, that is actually how it looks. Um, and it it wasn't taken by some amazing, it was like you know take some pics with your with your phone and then and send them over that, that, that's that's what we're talking about here, not some special lighting conditions you know pro photographer situation um and this is version one and i I think this roof's gonna look really knock out yeah. um as we just keep iterating. Um, now it, it is a very challenging technical te- uh, task to, to, to get this right, get the costs good, uh, streamline the installation process, ramp up the production. Again, you know this is sort of it, it follows a similar S curve to to vehicles where it starts up very slow, but and it, it starts up very slow, but then it, it grows exponentially. Um, also, our conventional solar is doing doing quite well and generating um, significant positive cash flow. Um, just the you know, standard flat panel stuff, which I think is still a, the, the right solution for, for any part of the, for, for any kind of flat roof situation, which is most commercial commercial installations and in a lot of houses, um, or some part of the roof which is really not visible um, and therefore does not uh, have any aesthetic, uh, you know, so it doesn't really matter from an aesthetic standpoint. Um, and then batteries uh, also, got, you know, making great great progress in the battery front. Um, uh, I'm hoping to uh, do do something around the uh, um, International Astronautical Congress which is in Adelaide this year Um, not not promising anything but we're uh, aspirationally um, going to um, have uh, a a very substantial portion of the battery pack already done um, in in about eight weeks which is hard because this we, we have all the shipping and logistics challenges of, you know, getting things across the Pacific. Um, not, not promising anything. It's an aspirational goal. Um, teams are working super hard to make it happen. But I'm, I'm excited by the, the, the prospect, and and, and, um, and uh, I, I, I feel cautiously optimistic that that will take place. Um, so, yeah, really, I think and we're really proud of the Tesla team for... Getting to this point, uh, and I really want to want to thank you know the the, the, the whole the whole Tesla team. We're near 33,000 people at this point um, for working hard to achieve some some very difficult things.
0: So again, I know that was a long clip, but there you hear Elon with an ex- with an assist from John McNeil covering a ton of ground. I mean, <laughs> my big takeaway from that was he t- he talked almost as long. As as there as he did at the Model 3 delivery event last week, so uh, great stuff from Elon. Awesome to hear that Model 3 demand is up, despite the fact that Tesla is still actively not selling the car. You heard him say eight hundred. Uh, pardon me, averaging eighteen hundred Model 3 orders per day. Uh, the solar roof going well now. So uh, just a lot of everything's a lot of these forward-thinking products for Tesla, meaning the Model 3, meaning the solar roof, Powerwall, you know, their power pack, it's all really starting to click. Like if you, again, I I like to say, and I like to, what I like to do is try and pull back a little bit, right? Take that, pull the camera out and take that 10,000 foot view of things rather than just the what's two feet in front of you. And if you do that, if you pull back and take a look, you see Model 3 has arrived. You see uh, the solar roof tile installations are starting. You see uh, Tesla making deals with uh, with the power packs with major municipalities. They've got another, they're trying to, they're bidding for a big project in Massachusetts right now. Uh, the power walls are getting delivered. I mean, it's, everything's really starting to fall into place right now. And it seems like Tesla's really, really starting to fire on all cylinders now, which I know that's a hard, just terrible phrasing to use <laughs> given that that's a, a an ICE reference but forgive me for that one but it's just yeah, everything's really starting to go with Tesla now and it's it's exciting it's exciting to see all right here's Elon Musk uh, talking about the gigafactories and where and when and how the next ones may be company may be may be coming rather my goodness uh, I think it's almost time for bed for me. So here's Elon on the gigafactories.
2: So, and and then we're also thinking hard about where do, where do we put gigafactories three, four, five, and six. Um, we, we expect uh, to keep the majority of our production uh, in uh, in the US, um, uh, and um, but but it's obviously going to make sense to establish uh, a. a, a a gigafactory uh, in China and Europe to to serve the the markets there because it's not to hold cars in California and truck them halfway around the world, uh, particularly when you, when you're trying to uh, make things as affordable as possible. That that really hurt. We we, we really want to get make our cars as affordable as possible, um, and and so that, that that does require some amount of local market production, particularly for the. Um, Mass market vehicles in order to to make it as uh, accessible as possible. Um, so we're thinking hard about that. I think we'll have some some announcements on, on at least a few of those locations before the end of the year. Uh, but we don't expect to uh, spend significant money on them. Um, it, you know, just it's about identifying the location, doing the long lead time stuff, the permits, the planning. This doesn't cost a lot of money. It's only when you really start moving dirt and putting up uh, concrete and steel and buying equipment that the 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 big money starts to be required. Um, yeah, so um, see any, anything you run out on that? Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, capex on Model S and S is, is, is pretty pretty. It was like really not. It's minor compared to I the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's there is continued improvement, of course, um, to to keep pace with uh, Model Three, so that all of our products are at uh, the, the same level of technology. But, it, but it's, it's small potatoes compared to the the three.
4: And you are continuing um, to achieve cost reductions on SNX, so there's a bit of investment, but Yes, it,
2: exactly, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, and, and and in cases where we see um, uh, cost reductions on SNX, um, you know, the cases where we where uh, we, we want to pass along some of those cost reductions to to customers. Um, so, um, yeah. So overall, feeling really. Um, this is this is like maybe the best I've ever felt about Tesla, to be to be frank. Yeah, you know, it's like really um, my last week stressed the hell out of me. Um, but uh, I I really think that this is uh, this is you know, probably the best I've ever felt about the company.
0: Well, he mentions Europe and China, which certainly many of us presumed would be the case. I wonder where the others would go because he's he mentions three, four, five, and six. Now they won't all necessarily get announced at once, but they are seemingly all coming. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna guess. I bet you South America is gonna be one of those. That uh, there's a huge market down there. I know in the in, you know that's uh, the the Latin market, uh, Latin American market is is a thriving market for. All kinds of stuff. I know in my day job in the video game world, the the Latin market is is just booming. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if Tesla gets a uh, a gigafactory down in the Southern Hemisphere and specifically the South American continent. So we'll see about that. And then you know the other my other thought too was what about Japan? You know J- Japan itself isn't obviously geographically large, but it's very dense. Uh, but it could serve the entire sort of Asian region, you know, outside of China, really, you could, you know, potentially. I mean, even maybe India could be a location for a gigafactory as well, because India is such a a booming, thriving market as well. So, um, those those are my guesses. We'll see what happens. We're we've been told to expect at least a couple of gigafactory announcements by the end of the year. So, I'll be keeping my ear to the ground on that. Next. Elon discussing Model Y, Uh, some really interesting things to chew on here uh, about Model Y's name and how and when it's going to be built. If you are interested in a Model Y, as I know a lot of you are, I've gotten a lot of calls and and emails about it over the the last year or two of this podcast. There are a lot of you, so uh, take a listen to this Elon Musk clip this is some different thinking happening right now with regard to Model Y.
2: Oh, oh and I, one thing, you know, I, I wanted to correct. I, never, and I think in a prior call, or publicly, I said, um, you know, that Model Y, or our compact SUV, if it's called Model Y, it may or may not be, um, would be a totally you know, off-texture. Um, I've gone, I've just said well, upon the counsel of my executive team, thank you, thank you, thanks, guys, who <laughs> reeled me back from the cliffs of insanity. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, the the Model Y will in fact be using a substantial carryover from Model 3 in order to bring it to market faster. Um, uh, yeah. So so that 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 will. They'll really accelerate our ability to to get uh, Model Y to market uh, faster. For because it's, it's fundamentally to you know, if you know, people prefer sedan, people prefer uh, an S, SUV, and, um, uh, and in fact the, the, the SUV market is larger. Um, it's the biggest single product segment I believe in the world. Um, so uh, I would like to thank my executive team for stopping me from being a fool. Um, <laughs> And 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 and, and, yes, the Model Y Y or whatever the hell uh, will will be um, have relatively low technical and and, and production risk as a result. Um, I I still think we want to do the the the, the crazy thing in the future, uh, but we will punt that to after the model until until after the compact SUV.
0: So it will still have that exponentially shorter wiring harness. That that was clarified later in the conference call, though I, I didn't pull that clip for you guys. Uh, but it sounds like it's going to run on the same platform. It will be built off the same platform, whereas Elon had originally been saying, no, nah, no, nah, it's going to be its own new platform. And it seems like the Model Y is going to be as dead simple from a sort of core design and manufacturing process instead of, you know, what we'd been led to believe on previous conference calls, which is that they were really going to push hard ahead into the future with the Model Y. So what that tells me is that Tesla clearly feels very, very good about how the Model 3 development has gone so far. And I think they just don't want to risk another Model X situation with the Model Y. And... Hearing hearing that again uh, really reinforces my thinking that the Model Y is not going to have Falcon wing doors. Now, if you're a new listener wondering why the heck I would even say that, it's because last year Elon Musk tweeted that the Model Y would have Falcon wing doors. So uh, I am more and more convinced, uh, and at least of the belief, I should say, that Model Y will not. Have Falcon wings, and that's that's going to be reserved for the complex, uh, the admittedly complex to build Model X. Next up is Elon speaking about batteries, uh, and you, this is this is again this is honest Elon. I mean, Elon's pretty well always rather honest, but this is catching him at a a, a moment of real transparent honesty, and I know that sounds a little redundant, but uh, where he really just doesn't hide the fact that the, he doesn't hide how he feels about uh, so-called other battery breakthroughs that, that other companies and people tend to claim. So here's Elon on the topic of batteries.
2: Here's my opinion of the you know battery breakthrough of the week, uh, you know battery breakthrough du jour. Um, when somebody has like some great claim that they've got this awesome battery, you know what? Send us a sample, or if you don't trust us, send it to an independent lab where the parameters can be verified. Otherwise, uh, STF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so uh, pa- everything works on PowerPoint. You know, you could like I'd give your PowerPoint presentation about teleportation to the Andromeda Galaxy. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean it works. So um, Tesla is the biggest buyer of lithium-ion batteries on Earth. Um, you know who people come to first when they've got a lithium-ion battery? Us, because we're the biggest mm-hmm. customer. Um, I would love it if, if we could have some break. It would be awesome. Um, I think there are some interesting things on the horizon. But, but then the, the time takes from something working in the lab uh, – to working at moderate production levels, to working at higher production levels, to optimizing the cost, mm-hmm. is several years. So it's not like mm-hmm. it suddenly pops out of nowhere. Yeah, JB, do you want to add to that? Uh, I, I
5: totally agree with uh, the sort of you know, thought, cautious skepticism on all these announcements. Yeah. And um, just more specifically on the solid state batteries, Rod, I mean, we, we do, we've talked to a number of different um, uh, groups that are researching this. We actually have tested a number of those different prototype um, you know, very early prototype, you know, single cells. Uh, but it's, uh, it, you know, we, we don't yet see anything that changes our strategy, and um, we don't see anything
2: there that's. By the way, we'd love it if we did. Please, please, mm-hmm. can <laughs> someone please come up with a back directory breakthrough? We'd love it. We, we would be the um, first ones to want to, uh, to implement it. It's, yeah, totally. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I th- th- there are some, 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 some breakthroughs that I think are achievable. I, I, I they're Confidential, so I can't talk about them on this call. Um, but there's one particular avenue that I that I'm confident could be made to work. That would be no, no, like uh, you know, fairly the most significant one breakthrough in, in a while. Um, but but again, that, that you've got to make it work in the lab. It doesn't get work. It doesn't yet work in the lab. It's promising in the lab. You you go from the lab to small production. Then you go to large production. Then you get to cost optimization. These are several years. Okay, I wish it was shorter. but That's the way it goes. So don't worry about that.
0: My best thinking on this is that this is in reference to the story I did a couple of months back about Jeff Don. He's the battery expert who's been working with Tesla. And you'll recall uh, I did the story on the show here he came up with an actual, a lab ready version, not, not practical in the field, but a lab ready version of a cell that had suffered virtually no degradation, degradation pardon me, why I really am not speaking well tonight, uh, virtually no degradation after many, many hundreds and thousands of cycles of, of discharges. So uh, I, I wonder if that is in fact what Elon is referencing there profitability. It is obviously key on, on the minds of all the investors, which is all the folks on that phone call. And Elon was asked about it. And about he was asked specifically about reaching a 25% margin on Model 3 once they get through their production hell and get out of the S-curve. So here's Elon speaking about what the margins might look like on Model
1: 3.
2: Yeah, so do you think I want, want to elaborate on this, but I, I feel like uh, the point at which we are at steady state, uh, 5,000 units a week for uh, Model 3 is about when we would reached the uh, 25% post margin level, um, so it wouldn't be it right when we get to 5,000, because initially when you get to 5,000 a week, there's still a lot of overtime, there's still expediting parts from, from all around the world, so you've got a lot of expedite fees, you got but over time, um, uh, and, and so it takes probably from the point at which you get to the, the five thousand a week, it's probably another three or four months before you hit the twenty-five percent gross margin. Would you agree, Deepak?
4: I, I agree. You're uh, yeah, I was just going to be more cautious. But I, I it's, it's, it's something like
2: <laughs> yeah. that. Essentially, yeah. you need to reach a production level and then yeah. optimize at that production level. Yeah, I
4: mean, I think ultimately, uh, I, uh, it, it's a variety of factors, including material cost in cell and, and the efficiencies we achieve at, at the Gigafactory on our cells. And I'm, I, I'm, we are very confident we will achieve the
2: 25% target, firstly. Well, i sure next year, 100%. That's right.
4: It's a question. Exactly no, when?
2: How one, again, what time? I say, 100% probability of achieving that yeah. at some point next year.
4: Yeah, and I, and I feel really good about it because the bill of material that we have, uh well, is so well defined and so clear in our yeah. you know, premiums that we have on prototypes is another way of prototype. saying
2: we're significantly less dumb this time Thank we think
4: you. yeah <laughs> yeah so I, and, and and um the, the labor hours required are significantly lower, uh, the way we have structured it's, the it, manufacturing. It's designed for manufacturing. Exactly. And so all of those give me much more confidence in this target. And exactly when we'll achieve, I think, will give you more clarity over time.
2: Yeah, and, and I'd like to give some credit to our suppliers here. Yeah. Um, you know, with with um, with roster Ro- with certainly with Model S and, and to slightly less degree with Model X, you know, we, we we often could not get the, the the top suppliers, or or or, and we we certainly couldn't get the A team at the top suppliers. Right. Um, what's great about the Model 3 is we have the we have the, we have the the A supplier, and and we have the A team at the A supplier. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you how important this is. It it it, it makes a massive difference. Right. Uh, so just a thank you to all the suppliers that worked so hard to to get us to this point. Um, there is a there's a lot of credit for um, any success that we have. Yeah.
0: So Elon is guaranteeing twenty five percent margin on Model three next year. And let's do the math on this soon. Very soon, Tesla is going to be making five hundred thousand Model threes per year, plus another hundred thousand Model S and Model X combined, and both of those cars each also have a margin. Of about twenty five percent per uh, information we've been told previously, so when you add all that up, six hundred thousand cars a year, all making twenty five percent profits on each car sold uh, on average, that should make investors very, very happy. In fact, you may have you may have seen uh, if you do follow along, Tesla's stock price rocketed up the following day after these uh, after this investor call, which happened. After the close of of uh, stock trading hours, stock went up like twenty, something like twenty dollars in a day. Just an, a ridiculous amount of money in one day for it to go up. Uh, investors clearly responded well to Elon's uh, not only his his uh, profitability case that he laid out, but also his confidence. Elon expressed uh, a lot of confidence. In fact, you heard Elon talk there. Uh, about about uh, the the best part suppliers. How Tesla has they with the S and the X. They not only didn't have the A list part suppliers, but they usually didn't get the the A teams on those part suppliers. And now for the three, they have the the A grade part suppliers and the A teams on those A grade part suppliers. But just yeah, I mean. With the profitability thing, with the the margins, 600,000 cars a year with those kinds of profits per car, uh, I've got to think that that Tesla is finally going to be profitable fairly soon at that rate, which of course, you know, investors have been patient. Uh, It's, you know, it's been a long, long time coming, but all by design, right? All part of the master plan. Tesla's been building to the point where they will finally become, a profitable company, and if and when they do, I don't think it's so much if, but when. Boy, that that is going to make investors very happy, I'm sure. Even though I don't know a ton about that world, I mean, uh, I suppose Apple stock doesn't always go up, even though they're making tons of money every quarter. But I would have to think that if Tesla does uh, complete the financial portion of their mission, as far as investors are concerned, and reach consistent and steady profitability, it is probably going to be good news for Tesla's stock price. Uh, All right, next here, SpaceX. There was an interesting question made by uh, Jonas uh, um, from uh, blanking on his name now. I forgot to write it down. Uh, Adam Jonas. There we go. Still in the brain. He, uh, He is a notorious... Tesla bull. He is a, he's a very pro Tesla. He's, he's usually uh, is betting on Tesla, not against them. He got on and asked an interesting question about SpaceX and how if there's any sort of cross-pollination between what SpaceX is doing and what Tesla is doing. And I'll tell you, the, the Tesla executive team had a very interesting answer to this. Take a listen.
2: Um there's a recent anecdote actually that John just shared with me and John maybe you um.
0: yeah there's there's some really great
3: collaboration continuously between the spaceX teams on materials and uh and other challenges and and uh uh, we had a we had a challenge in, in service over the past uh, just over the past
2: week this, this is yeah yeah this, I uh, fact, uh, just thought about this today yeah uh,
3: where we needed to we needed to determine the porosity of an object deep within our structure and that's something SpaceX, casting, aluminum a, an aluminum casting yes. that's something that SpaceX knows how to do uh, our team reached out to the SpaceX team the SpaceX team uh, helped us to solve that uh, with some um, uh, with some ultrasound sensors that we could quickly isolate uh, where the issue was uh, and take corrective action Action. And that
2: it just saved us eight hours of work per car. Per
3: car uh, that was co- that, uh, that that could potentially experience this uh, this issue, uh, and that's just one example of a lot of examples of how the SpaceX team and the um, uh, and the Tesla team uh, collaborate, and, uh, and, and and we get help uh, we get help from them continually on material issues and other issues like that.
2: Yeah, this this cross cross fertilization of um, knowledge from. Uh, the the, the uh, rocket and spacecraft industry to, to auto um, back and forth is, I think, is, is really um, been quite valuable. Certainly, been very valuable for me in, in, in thinking about how do we make um, uh, mass optimized vehicles. Um, because you know, space you, you, uh, mass optimization is extremely important. Um, on the space side, it's helpful because um, I, it helped, I understand how it, what, what really goes into um, high... high high-volume manufacturing of something that has to be extremely reliable. Um, So it's been good. And, and of course, companies don't compete in any way. So it's it's been quite helpful, actually.
0: Well, I'll tell you, SpaceX is like Tesla's occasional secret weapon. It's like their phone-a-friend, except their phone-a-friend is literal rocket scientists, uh, which means you're going to win that game of who wants to be a millionaire. I mean, no, no other car company... Has access to again, literal rocket scientists that they can call and get answers to questions about, you know, space age grade materials and uh, processes. So again, th- this is what is it's this seems almost silly, but it is stuff like this that's that's going to, I think, help keep Tesla's competitive advantage in the automotive marketplace. Going forward, when they have, when they can tap into SpaceX when they need to, to whether it's to develop a a better, you know, alloy or metal or some get some sort of uh, science going on a problem, Tesla's got access to SpaceX. Let's talk superchargers next. Elon Musk discussing the expansion of the supercharger network as well as the, uh, not only the, the number of them, but the quality of those supercharger stops. So take a listen here.
2: Yeah, first of, all, first of all, I actually should clarify that the number of superchargers will affect a triple between now and the end of next year. Um, and that, that, uh, that we're confident that that, um, that that will address supercharging needs of SX and 3 um, so we're trying to stay ahead of it. There are occasional places where, it, um, that, that, that are, that are tricky to, to find a location like Malibu is really difficult. Um, there are a few places, but uh, the, we're, 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 staying ahead of that. I, th- I think, I think it's going to be good. And that we, we should see some immediate relief, uh, even for SNX customers on some of the key, uh, supercharger locations, uh, we'll also be, um, Experimenting with our first sort of, I don't know, what we call it, mega supercharger location, like a really big supercharger location with a bunch of amenities. Um, so we're going to uh, unveil the first of those uh, relatively soon, um, and I think we'll get a sense for just t- sort of how, how cool it can be to, you know, to, um, ha- have a great place to to you know, if you've been driving for three four hours, stop, um, you know, have great restrooms, great food. Amenities, uh, hang out, and you know, for half an hour, and then be on your way.
5: Yeah. But I could just follow so up with a related question. Well, maybe just one other point on on that and how this can scale pretty efficiently. You know, we have superchargers that serve two major separate needs. There's there's long distance route enabling between cities, and then there's also within cities. And, you know, while there are definitely some congestion issues, which we're expanding out of very quickly in the cities, for the most part, the superchargers that are in between cities, you have a lot of extra capacity. And we've put those stations in place you know, to serve, you know, travel between the cities. But they can absorb a lot more cars. So, you know, even if we double fleet size, it doesn't mean that we need to double the entire supercharge network. We have to address the the few urban sites that are currently you know, in high use, but that can be done much more efficiently with with less CapEx. So that's kind of what you're seeing.
0: Man, I I can't wait to check these out. I'm I'm probably going to need to take a road trip whenever I get my Tesla just to check out these deluxe supercharger stations with the, you know, amenities and as Elon says, they're great food. Uh, Can't wait to check those out. That's going to be fun. The topic of reservations has been a hot one ever since the Model 3 unveiling. You know, we got that 400,000 number a long, long time ago, and Tesla has not given an update since. And we heard, I think it was on the last quarterly call, where Elon said, well, we don't want to give it out because we just don't want more people to pile on or we don't want, you know, people to twist it in in the wrong way. But they did give... Elon here gives a very exact, well, a very, very fairly specific uh, update on just how many Re- Model 3 reservations Tesla
2: has. Uh, one thing I want to correct from, from uh, on fr- Friday is that uh, I don't think it it's really has much materiality, but um, I did miss, miss, misspeak um, at, at the journalist's review on, on Friday. I would said that there were... Um, 500,000 uh, net reservations. Uh, well, I, I did also say that I wasn't sure because I don't follow this number, and I, this was just a guess. Um, and so we did check for the to get some precision on this. Um, uh, so to be more accurate, there are there, there have been uh, 518,000 gross reservations for three, um, and then uh, and we have 455,000 net reservations. Um, but but those cancellations occurred over the course of you know over more than a year um, the, the, the net gain um, over the last uh you know net, net gain since since Friday the net net of cancellations has been uh, over eighteen hundred per day yeah. um but I just didn't want to leave people with the wrong impression I think this is a this is like inconsequential um, because um with a small amount of effort, we could easily drive the uh, Model 3 reservation number to to something much higher. But there's there's no point. Uh, um, you know, it's like if you're a restaurant and you're serving hamburgers, uh, and 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 there's like a, an hour and a half wait for the hamburger. Do you really want to encourage more people to come order hamburgers? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So so I think it's neither here nor there, there, but I wanted to just make sure that there was not um, a a misunderstanding.
5: And maybe just one, you know, quick point on your your very fast charge time comment or question. You know, we've actually tested, you know, cells and and, um, even full battery packs that can do, you know, something like a 15-minute recharge. But, you know, to date, the trade-offs you know, to achieve that, um, we don't feel are are the right ones for the customer overall you end up sacrificing on, on overall cost per kilowatt hour and also sacrificing on energy density in the product. Yeah. And, you know, for something that's used not every single day, not every single charge, you know, we feel that we've kind of hit the sweet spot in terms of the value to the customer and the best product. And that that's kind of what's guided our philosophy. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, there's ongoing work to, you know, reduce those trade-offs and, and make it better still. But,
2: um, yeah, we Yeah, we're but, but particularly a Sony device like the 310-mile range model three amount let me tell you the amount of times you will have range anxiety is zero yeah you don't even think about it
0: that is a lot of reservations but you know that's that's about a ten percent cancellation rate to me that seems like a lot I don't know if it is in Tesla's expectations or their models I mean some of those cancellations no doubt just converted to Model S or Model X so they are Tesla customers. And then it's interesting to hear J.B. Straubel describe the supercharging rate and how Tesla has struck a balance there that they're happy with. So what I'm curious about now after hearing that is, where does the supercharger version 3 that Elon has been teasing fit into that? Remember that in that tease, he called a competitor's fast charge network, quote unquote, child's play that was i think it was earlier this year so but this makes it sound like that major upgrade that v3 upgrade might not be coming anytime soon if if jb's just saying well you know it's it's the right we think it's the right balance of costs to us and charging rates for the customer and i mean it, it doesn't sound like a substantial char- supercharging rate upgrade is uh, is on the way anytime soon i'd love to be wrong but we'll see Next up, employee cars. Here's Elon, JB, and Deepak talking about the idea of... uh, Beta testing is too strong a term, but the idea of uh, having feedback on the initial production Model 3s be available to them right there because those cars are going to employees. Take a listen to this.
2: Yeah, these are not show stuff. These are... um, What we're talking about here are... are, um Inconsistencies in the production process or in um, the uh, quality control from a supplier. Um, so they're relatively easy to correct. They're just, they mm-hmm. tend to be quite, you know, uh, that quite a large number of them. But again, uh, they're only rarely occurring. Um, it usually involves like a tolerance stack up or some combination of factors that we didn't anticipate. But they're, they're almost always very easy to correct, but they're just a bunch of them. It's a lot of work.
5: Yeah, and these may be software issues as well, yeah. not, not necessarily supplier or hardware or issues. It, you know, course,
2: it's software-hardware interaction as well.
5: Yeah. And I think the main benefit is that we can learn about them faster, and therefore we can fix them faster. Mm-hmm. That, that simply is the benefit.
2: Right. Exactly. The, the the people driving them and the people are the same ones who have to fix the problem. <laughs> That's a great feedback loop. Yeah,
4: and What we're doing is above and beyond others. We've done a lot of testing like the other OEMs, so this is just helping us get above and beyond. By selling it to our employees and getting feedback from them
2: mm-hmm. and investors, and yeah, yeah,
0: you know it makes a lot of sense to hear them explain it that way and why they chose to do that. and And I'm glad to hear that the issues that they either have or expect to encounter are not "quote unquote" show as Elon says. So that is good news for sure. Uh, two more clips for you here. Here's Elon confirming something that we've suspected for a long, long time, and that is batching.
2: We do do batch cars, so that uh, we'll we'll make, um, (laughs) typically, at the beginning of the quarter, we'll make cars for Europe and Asia, um, and then we'll make cars for the East Coast of North America, then the West Coast of North America, and that's generally sequenced within uh, a quarter. Um, And then you'll see someone write, some, something where they have unco- they think they've uncovered some um, gotcha where uh, there were very few Teslas registered in a given country in a particular month. It's like, yes, because none of them arrived. They, <laughs> this is meaningless uh, extrapolation.
0: So yes, Tesla does indeed group, do batches of cars by by region. So that confirms a long-held theory in the Tesla community. So, West Coast Model Three owners, uh, such as my well, or would be two owners to be such as myself, I, we should probably expect our cl- our cars closer to the end of a quarter, uh, at least once production has fully sped up. That's I guess I should clarify that because certainly for now the all the, pretty much all the Model Threes are going to the West Coast right now. But once everything normalizes, West Coast is probably going to be more like. The end of a quarter, the, glo- the overseas cars sound like they get done in, the, the, in Q1, so there's time to ship them. Uh, and then sort of the rest of the United States is Q2, so that they, could, they, again, can get there in plenty of time for the end of the quarter delivery total. So good stuff. Finally, here's Elon Musk. He was asked, hey, is the cross-country level four autopilot demo still on track he's elon's been asked this a number of times every time he has said yes we are on track for this by the end of the year elon has a slightly different answer this
2: time take a listen and then with the coast coast drive tom's drive by the the end of the year i believe we're still on track for that it isn't certainly possible that i may have egg on my face uh, (laughs) um, on on that front Uh, but if it is not at the end of the year it will be very close
0: I think this is the first time that Elon has started to back off of the whole this year timeline
2: for that for
0: that coast to coast autopilot demo on on level 4. I personally would not expect that to happen this year because I think the Model 3 will continue to occupy the bulk of their focus. It may not have been in one of the clips that I played you there, but Elon did say we're really really focusing on model 3. And rightly so, and certainly in my opinion. Uh so I think the, the demo, the full self-driving demo, it should be really really cool whenever they can get to it. And if that takes another few months, hey, so be it, no problem. If it takes another year, then I would start to worry about just how far away that software is especially if it's coming time to configure my model three and i've got to make the decision of whether or not to pay the three thousand dollars up front for the full self-driving capability or hold off on that and pay four thousand dollars later to activate it later if i feel like that capability is is a long way off so that is definitely that that autopilot demo that level four demo does matter it is going to tell us something uh, about where and how, how far away this really is from, uh, from rolling out wide. That is all the Tesla news for this week. Once again, busy week. I mean, you would think that we just had the Model 3 delivery event, so there wouldn't be anything else left to talk about. But no, as usual with Tesla, there is always something interesting to talk about. And there is almost always something interesting that you guys are talking to me about in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I've got a whole bunch of excellent calls, follow-ups, reactions to the Model 3 delivery event. Plenty of that to get to you, to get to uh, with you guys right after this short break. Support for Ride the Lightning and the following message come from Wonder Capital. Wonder Capital's online investment platform allows you to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S., earn up to 8.5% annually while also diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. With Wonder's help, individual investors like you financed more than 50 large-scale solar projects in 2017, which will offset the CO2 emissions from 14.2 million pounds of coal burned in the first year alone. You can begin investing with as little as $1,000, and best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't charge any investor fees. To learn more, create an account for free at WonderCapital.com slash ride. That's W-U-N-D-E-R, WonderCapital.com slash ride wonder capital do well and do good all right as usual you kind folks did not disappoint with the ride the lightning hotline this week lots of great calls great questions comments reactions to the model 3 delivery event it is time for the ride the lightning hotline if you've got a question a comment or a discussion topic for the podcast give me a call call the hotline toll free anytime day or night all you got to do is leave a message The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. You can always record a question on your smartphone as well and just email me the file. Teslapodcast at gmail.com is the email address for that. And I remind you that the Ride the Lightning Hotline is provided by lifeonrecord.com if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake let's kick kick it off with jim in michigan wondering if the price of the teslas will drop after the tax credit inevitably fades away jim you're on the air
4: Hi, Ryan, Jim from Michigan, uh, on the road to go drive a Model X, and I had a quick question for you. I wonder if you have any feeling for whether the prices of Teslas will drop once the federal tax um, return, uh, federal tax money goes away. Uh, I'm just wondering if they're going to decrease their price increases over time uh, as that $7,500 decreases, or if you think it'll stay pretty much put and... um, and people just won't get that money back to them. So curious to see what your thoughts are. Thanks.
0: Jim, you inadvertently, accidentally, but delightfully set me up for the other piece of Tesla news this week. The timing on your call could not have been better. Tesla just cut the price of the Model X by $3,000, the base Model X, the 75D. I don't think it's going to drop on the Model 3, though. Here's why. The 3 has always, always, always been advertised as $35,000 without any incentives because Tesla knew that only the, the early Model 3 buyers were going to get the tax credit. And then the, the hundreds and hopefully hundreds of thousands and hopefully millions of buyers after that uh, aren't going to ha- get any of it. So uh, the SNX, on the other hand, when you go on Tesla's website, they've always shown you the price after savings in the biggest, boldest font possible in order to make the cars appear a bit cheaper, which, of course, I mean, they are. You know, the, the only semi-weird number they always factor into that is the gas savings. I mean, that's, that's a little, you know, you should pro- I, there's a time and a place for that. I'm not sure if the big fat number on the design studio is the best spot for it, but anyway, I digress. On the conference call this week, Elon did say at one point that they intend to pass some of the cost savings that they pick up on SNX onto the customer. Well, that happened sooner than I certainly thought it would. It happened uh, right before I went on the air, which is great timing. Now, in time, will it drop again? Maybe in time. It's probably not going to end up $7,500 cheaper to completely offset that fading tax credit, But it's something, you know, it's good to see Tesla pass some of those savings along to the customer. Also, one other note too, um, if you are shopping for a P100D, the premium package, which is a $5,000 package, has now been rolled into the P100D standard. In other words, you don't have to pay $5,000 for it anymore. It's just part of the car. So you're you're basically getting the premium package for quote unquote free now. So that was the other change made. So Tesla is indeed uh, adding more value to the S and the X. Next up is our friend Mike from Charlottesville, uh, who is ha- has himself a Model 3 dilemma. And I know Mike probably speaks for a lot of folks out there. So let's talk about this. Mike, you're on the
1: air. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Charlottesville. So what can I say? The Model 3 looks incredible and it just reconfirm I want to and desire to to one day own it so my question for you um I'm kind of in a predicament I can't really afford the long-range battery with options but I could afford the short-range battery with the premium package and autopilot so do I I go with the longer battery and no upgrades or do I go with the smaller battery and all the upgrades just want to see what you think thanks and uh keep doing what you're doing bye
0: you have a, uh, a classic Tesla dilemma here, Mike. Now, I obviously, I always try to preface these things. I can't make the decision for you, but here's what you should consider if you have not already. Number one, you cannot upgrade the battery pack uh, unless Tesla somehow down the road tells us that all the Model 3s are long range battery packs and that the normal ones are software locked. I really don't think that's the case. It's possible, but we can't assume that. Um, so, and then the other thing is, you can, you know, that I'm talking about a potential software unlock situation. Tesla's also talked about the idea in the past of, of having actual bat hardware battery upgrades. So swapping out your pack for a bigger pack down the road, but there's no current plan for that. We cannot again cannot assume that will be the case. You've got to plan. You've got to plan on your battery choice being permanent. Now, you can number two here. Point number two: you can upgrade to autopilot anytime you want. All eight thousand dollars of it. Now it's going to cost you a little more than eight thousand dollars if you activate it later. But it's there. And range is king, particularly. If you're in a cold climate where the, your range is really going to suffer at certain times of the year, I actually went so far as to look up Charlottesville and it looks like, you know, your winters get, get down into the twenties, nothing super harsh, you know, not, not like Canada or anything like that, but you know, it looks like you've got some winter weather there, Mike, but, uh, range is king. That's always a thing to remind yourself with, with Tesla vehicles. If I was in your shoes, uh, again, I can't make the decision for you, but just given the top level information that you've told me, I would probably skip autopilot for now and get the long range battery now. Do it, and then you can add autopilot later. Uh, And remember, you can do that in stages. You can get the enhanced autopilot first and then later, when it's ready full the full self driving package the full self driving unlock so there as i said there there is a cost penalty for that, but again, you can't upgrade the battery ever as far as we ha you know as far as we know so and then the other thing too, if you go for the bigger battery, that's probably going to get you your car sooner you know depending on when you reserve what have you but the the uh the you know the first deliveries are on the long range version of the Model 3. So Mike, I hope that helps you, helps inform you so that you can make the best decision for you and your family possible. Next up here is a, it's a long call from Robert in Chicago reacting to the Model 3, but this, this is a, there's a lot of good points in here, a lot of things to discuss. So uh, Robert, I'm going to turn the floor over to you for about the next five minutes or so. Take it away.
6: Hey Ryan Robert from Chicago calling in Saturday morning with my reaction to last night's delivery event and uh, the options and features pricing and everything that we learned about yesterday now that I've had a chance to sleep on it and I gotta say uh, my feelings are mixed and I would say leaning towards negative on uh, basically hinging on a couple of key points Uh, first one not that big of a deal the event itself was very underwhelming, really disappointing to watch online, uh, particularly compared to the part one of the unveiling. Um, and we learned the the range and battery uh, pricing, which was cool. But other than that, pretty much worthless 45-minute event. Uh, again, also not including the commercials, which are great, but you can see them on YouTube. So underwhelming event. Uh, number two, the options available and their pricing. Personally, I'm really excited about it because I want just about everything in that upgrade package for $5,000. So to me, no big deal. It seems like a fair price for everything that's in there. But I totally understand a lot of the negative backlash going on around the Internet for people who only want a couple of things in there. And if you don't want the glass roof and uh, upgraded sound, $5,000 is kind of a lot to pay if you just want heated seats and uh, power seats, which brings me into my next thought, which is... How is that not included in the base price? Power seats and, and to a lesser extent, heated seats. Things like that missing from the base model and even the $44,000 long range model is pretty ridiculous when you compare it to an ICE car. So I don't feel like this is quite the revolution we were hoping for in terms of, you know, this being just far and away the best car available even compared to an ICE car for the price like you could really make the argument that Model S and uh, maybe to a lesser extent Model X is for their category. Model 3 does not feel like the best value unless you're already sold on an electric vehicle, um, which the average consumer obviously isn't there yet. So um, that was a little disappointing to me um, again, but I personally am excited about the pricing just because I was planning to get everything in that upgrade package anyways kind of mixed there. And then the most disappointing thing to me is the dual motors delivery estimates for me day one. Reservation holder waited in line before the store opened here in Chicago is September to November of next year, which basically, well, it guarantees me not being in the full tax credit uh, window, probably not even the half tax credit window, down to a quarter tax credit. So that option goes from you know, maybe three thousand to five thousand dollars. Probably, you know, now eight thousand to ten thousand plus, depending on exactly if there's even any federal tax credit uh, window left there. Uh, and that just is really discouraging and disappointing. And feel I, I feel like Elon and Tesla a little bit are letting down the day one reservation holders because I know there's a lot of us who put down the money, wanting the dual motor option, and went to wait in line because we knew that the tax credit was running out so that was you know part of the reason of getting in line was to be able to get the car that I wanted and still be able to get the tax credit you know I know a couple months ago he said he thought it would still be available for uh, day one reservation holders to wait for dual motors and get the tax credit but it's really not looking that way and so Now I'm not sure what to do because, you know, $10,000 is probably not worth that upgrade to me. But uh, here in Chicago, we do have icy and snowy winters. So maybe some of your other listeners who have a rear-wheel drive Model S or X could call in and let me know whether or not I need it. But yeah, at this point, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. So that has me feeling pretty disappointed. Um, and so overall, basically because of that, I, I'm mostly disappointed. I understand the disappointment from people who wanted some of the lesser options in the premium package to be included in the base and feeling like they, they have a, a good argument there. And uh, where was the something special or what is the something special for day one reservation holders, color, extra supercharging miles, nothing so far. So. Is that still happening or is was it just Elon saying thank you on stage, which, well, you're welcome. Anyways, uh, I would say mostly disappointed and uh, a little bit excited, but uh, maybe back down to reality and uh, looking forward to your thoughts.
0: Thank you for the call, Robert. I don't disagree about the event itself. We, don't, we didn't hear about any of the car's cool features, like the HVAC system, and uh, and, and you're right, there's no word on the quote-unquote something special for day one reservation holders yet either. I think that goes back to Tesla having to both launch this car, but still anti-sell it, which, is, which seems totally weird, almost hypocritical. Because, of course, Tesla's so backed up, they have this amazingly wonderful problem of being so backed up on model three orders, you know, we're talking roughly half a million, uh, at this point, a few of those have canceled, but it's, you're almost half a million orders. They need to push model S and model X instead. Now with, with the something special that a lot of us, including myself are waiting on, I, I honestly, I don't think the, the delivery event was the time or the place to announce that because it affects such a relatively low percentage of people who either have reservations or will buy the car. I mean, it's people like me, people like you, but it just it doesn't apply to so many people that I think it's that was probably not the best venue for it. I think they'll make a quieter announcement about that sometime later. And, uh, and then I, I hear you on the dual-motor all-wheel drive timing. Fortunately, as I mentioned at the top of the show, right the day after I recorded last week, my estimate was revised in the, in the direction I wanted to see it go, which was closer to now. <laughs> so uh, that, was, that was a relief. And of course, as I mentioned as well, we're looking at middle of the year for performance. The, the reduced tax credit, that is a tough pill to swallow. And you know everybody's situation is different. But for me, I look at it this way. Again, and this is just my situation. Everyone's situation is different. I am going to need to hold on to this car for a long, long time. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, you may remember back near the very beginning of this podcast, two years ago, I came on here one week and expressed some some kind of frustration uh, that that my wife and some of my closest family members just weren't super supportive of my Tesla dream. They just didn't, you know, they, they, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But to her credit over time, my wife, she still isn't what I'd call enthusiastic to be fair, but we're at the point now where she's okay with me getting the model three I want within our budgetary reason, within budgetary reason. The catch is that not, not a catch, not like it's some sort of sick deal. I don't want to paint it that way, but, but she has told me that, Hey, look, financially, it only makes sense to spend this kind of money on a car. If we're keeping the car for a very, very long time. And I can't disagree with her on that. And fortunately the motors in the model three are designed to last virtually forever. You know, these are, these are the million mile motors. So the car should be up to the task if I do a good job of maintaining the paint job, the interior, et cetera, if I just you know take good care of the car. Anyway, the point is I took a hard look at whether or not I should wait for dual motor knowing that I could have this car in four to six months from now if I just take the, the big battery, the long range battery, rear wheel drive. But if I'm gonna have to wait uh, or rather, pardon me, if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to be keeping this car for that long, for, for, you know, well over a decade, like decade and a half, maybe even two decades, then I would rather wait the extra six months and get exactly what I want, which means the dual motor all wheel drive. Even if it costs me half the tax credit, I will, I'm sure I will get over that disappointment on the day that I take delivery. that's gonna, That would be a really, really good day, probably. So, I, I mean, I understand your disappointments. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree that the Model 3 isn't competitive with cars in its class. Now, uh, you mentioned that. All early words on the Model 3 are that the car drives great, looks great, and feels very premium inside. Uh, it is, after all, it's an entry-level luxury car. And those buyers will see that. Plus, there's one key advantage that Model 3 has at $35,000 that no other car in its class has, and that is autopilot, including the self-driving. Yeah, it costs more. It is an option that pushes the car well over $35,000, but the car can and will do it in time. A th- the three series, BMW 3 Series or the A4 or the C-Class they won't do it ever. Or at least if they do, you'll have to buy an entire new car. So thank you for that uh, wonderful long, but but thought out call there, Robert. Appreciate it. Let's move now. Fellow Chicagoan Lawton, our old friend Lawton from Chicago, uh, wonders when we'll get more details about Model 3. Lawton, you're on the air. Hi Ryan, it's Lawton from Chicago. Want to comment on the Mile
7: 3 delivery event. I'm glad that Tesla took the time to recognize and celebrate all their employees' hard work to, to achieve the amazing milestone of shipping the Mile 3. I would overall consider the event to be a soft launch, with some tantalizing new nuggets of info revealed, but obviously with many more details to follow. Given your knowledge of how Tesla operates, how do you think they will reveal additional details? With the likelihood that only hundreds of cards will be delivered by the September Semi event, will Mile 3 Reveal Part 4 a feature of the event i feel that tesla's approach will become clear over the next few weeks one option could be that tesla will be low-key and avoid publicizing early model 3 deliveries thus waiting to release major details at events if first-hand owner stories videos and pictures are not readily available it may mean that early owners are under a non-disclosure agreement Another approach could be that Tesla tries to maximize Mile 3 publicity, with info gradually being released through blog posts highlighting Mile 3 features, along with providing exclusive access to magazines such as Motor Trend. I can't wait to learn more details about our future Mile 3s. Thanks, as always, for the great show, and look forward to your thoughts.
0: Yeah, Lawton, it seems like the employees, the Tesla employees who are getting these first cars, are either being asked uh, to, not to not saying too much publicly or they're being contractually required to do so. And uh, your question gets back to our, our last call from your fellow Chicago and Robert. There is still some more to learn, such as dual motor pricing, performance pricing and performance specs, what the metal roof looks like on this car because it's never been seen, not even on the release candidates, what other interior trim options there are going to be, Etc. There is still more to learn, but Tesla's probably not going to make a big deal out of it. Certain, I would think certainly not with any more dedicated events because they're still cursed by their own success by needing to not drum up too much interest in the car while they still have half a million reservations to clear off the books. All we can do is, is cross our fingers and hope for a smooth S-curve so that production accelerates and then normalizes sooner rather than later. Good stuff as always from you, Lawton. Next up is uh, another friend of the show, another frequent caller, Joe in Michigan, who has an excellent story about uh, making a difference in his own community in a very simple way with regard to, it's not Tesla specific per se, but it's, uh, it's part of the growing the EV movement of which Tesla is a part. So Joe, please tell us your story. Hey Ryan,
8: this is Joe in Michigan. I had uh, just a comment that's not Tesla specific, but I still thought it could be uh, useful or interesting to the Ride the Lightning audience. Uh, I live in a small city or large town. It's a little, little under 10,000 people in my town. And uh, I learned recently of a reconstruction project that's coming up next year of a public parking area in town. And uh, uh, the uh, city council was asking for any public comment or or anything that the public had to say about it or or suggestions. So I went to a city council meeting recently and suggested that we add uh, electric vehicle charging at each of the parking spaces and gave a little information about how we might be able to pay for this using the Volkswagen uh, money that's available in the U.S., and the mayor turned to the other city council members and and said, "I did not put this young man up to this." So the the backstory that I didn't know at the time is that the mayor of our town had been wanting to do this, but they had never had anyone in town back it. So just by my going to one city council meeting and suggesting this, uh, it's happening. It's it's in the plan now to have EV parking, uh, public EV parking spaces put in in our town because of one person. I just happened to go and suggest it and now it's happening. So uh, my point is that sometimes it feels like we can't really make a big difference and it it doesn't take that much sometimes. So anyway, just wanted to put that out there. Thanks.
0: Joe, I want to say, Great job, man. That is awesome. And you're absolutely right about it. It just not taking too much, too much effort. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it does. I mean, I have, I'll i tell you a little bit about myself. I have always, always, and this is true. You can ask anybody in my life about this. In my personal life, in my professional life, I have lived by a number of, of uh, ethoses, if you will. One of them is honesty is the best policy. I've, I've just always bought into it. I've always believed in it. Uh, that's one of my big ones. But another one that I live by is You'd be surprised what you can get if you just ask nicely. this your story is a golden example of that. So let this be a lesson to all of us if we pay the slightest bit of attention to what's going on in our communities, which I know can be very very difficult with you know we're all busy all of our lives, uh, work, home, time is 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 always the most valuable resource and the most Limited resource, but sometimes you can help make a difference in the EV movement, even with just the smallest of actions. Not to not to diminish what you did there, Joe, but you know by your own admission, you know it didn't. All you you showed up and you spoke up, and that that's all it took. So great job. That's a great story. I loved hearing that. Next, another uh, old friend, Vahe from Las Vegas. Vahe from Vegas wonders what Tesla might do if a uh, big number of reservation holders decided to hold out for options that won't be there at launch. Let's talk about that. Vahe, you're on the air.
1: Hey Ryan, it's uh, Vahe from Vegas. Haven't called in a while. Hope everything's going good. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on something. I know everyone that has their Model 3 reservations, everyone's stuck waiting for performance, all wheel drive, white interior. Um, My question to you is what do you think Tesla would do if a big number of these reservation holders held out for performance or all-wheel drive or different color interiors and things like that I mean personally I I do want to wait for all-wheel drive and my white interior performance really isn't a big deal to me but if a hundred thousand of the four hundred thousand pre-orders decide to wait Do you think that might speed up the time on when Elon will actually pull the trigger and start upgrading these vehicles for all of us? All right, that's it, bud. Thank you. Well, if 100,000 of us,
0: roughly 20%, held out for down-the-road options like the white interior, the all-wheel drive, or performance, what I think would happen is I think Tesla would be ecstatic at least in the short term, because it would allow them to clear more of the backlog, which remember, remember back to the, uh, the number of reservations that they got for Model 3 was a big surprise even to them. So uh, they would be able to clear more of that backlog with the, the streamlined production that they're starting with here. Now, you know, they still, still have plenty of orders to work through when they do start bringing those other options online. I mean, it, being realistic, though, it probably isn't 100,000 of us. I, I'm guessing it'll be probably more like 50,000 of us or so, which is more like 10% of us uh, holding out for something that we can't get yet, whether it's uh, performance or all-wheel drive. Because I think a lot of other people who might want some of those features would probably instead just take the black interior with the premium package and the long-range battery to get the car as soon as possible. In other words, those options may be appealing to them, but they're not deal-breakers for, for a lot of people like they are for people like me, where I'm just I'm digging in and I'm saying, nope, I've waited this long, I want to get exactly what I want to get, and I'm willing to wait for it. So it, this production ramp is going to be really interesting to keep an eye on, that's for sure. All right, my last call this week... Comes to us from a long time listener, first time caller in New York by the name of Sam, uh, who is a big fan of the Model X, but something about it has him a
9: little miffed. So, Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan, it's Sam from New York. Long time listener, this is day one, first time calling in. I have a question. <laughs> Um, I used to, I was all into the Model X, it's my potential dream car, or was now, as my sense it says, and the reason I say it was is because when it first came out, there used to be an all-weather package in the design studio, and as you know, here in New York, we can get bad blizzards up here during the winter. So now I'm, now when I checked yesterday to design it, the weather package is gone. And all they have is a premium upgrades package, which comes with the heated seats and the, all the fancy bells and whistles that come with the premium. I'm no longer attracted to the Model X because I was really into I'm all about safety and handling, especially during those winter months. Just want to hear your thoughts as to why do you think Tesla removed this out of the Model X? Have a wonderful day. Keep on, keep
0: on tuning. Sam, I have very, very good news for you. Your cold weather package is not gone at all. It is still there. In fact, it has been folded entirely into the premium upgrade package. Now, if you happen to uh, not want the rest of the premium package, which includes premium sound, uh you know the the bioweapon defense mode etc then that's certainly going to be $5000 that you would rather not spend because it used to be a $1000 package on its own when it was a la carte but as i talked about last week the value of the premium upgrades package has been raised pretty significantly without suffering an equal hike in cost the heated seats you know all the seats in the x are heated the heated steering wheel, the heated wipers, the heated wiper nozzle, that's all still in the car. They're just bundled in with that $5,000 premium upgrades package. So I hope you are able to make your Model X dream come true. And thank you so much for calling in. That wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. If you'd like to dial in, please uh, be a part of the show. I love this part of the show. You can record your question on your smartphone and email it to me teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can simply pick up the phone and dial my toll-free hotline number you just call in you leave a message and that number is 1-888-989-8752 be right back to wrap things up right after this All right, uh, another busy week of Tesla news. I want to mention the Patreon page. If you uh, get a lot out of the show, you decide you might see fit to, to throw some support my way on Patreon, I would be mighty, mighty grateful for that. Uh, if you want to take a look at that page, all you got to do is head to patreon.com slash podcast, all one word. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Uh If you're buying a Tesla, Here's how to get a thousand dollars off and free unlimited lifetime supercharging use our friend gordon from hawaii's referral code all you have to do is type this into your web browser ts.la slash gordon 1872 that's gordon spelled g-o-r-d-o-n gordon 1872 gets you a thousand dollars off of your model s or model x purchase as well as free unlimited lifetime supercharging if you're shopping for, if you've got your Model S or Model X, uh, or if you're a Tesla employee and you've got one of those initial Model 3s, well, there are Tesla accessories out there for you at abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Do subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. That way it downloads to you automatically each and every week, making it as easy as possible to get it into your ears. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Tune in, who who I still, it's like one step forward, two steps back over there with uh, trying to get the, (laughs) the, the logo put into your Tesla's so that it doesn't show up as generic nothingness when you go to listen to the show in your Tesla. But anyway, uh, you can also visit the podcast hosting site at teslapodcast.libsyn.com for uh, individual MP3 downloads of episodes or the RSS feed. You can pick that up there as well. And that about wraps it up. Just want to thank the Patreon producers before I hit the road. These are the outstanding human beings who kindly support me at the $20 level or higher each and every month on Patreon. They uh, are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergin, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis. Matthew Para, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Miracle, Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Charlie Payne, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ulett, Andreas Cohen, and Sean Fournier. Thank you all so much. I do sincerely appreciate the support. And uh, it is a pleasure to bring you this show each and every week. And, uh, oh, gonna have... Uh, hopefully by the time you guys hear this, I aim to have the August edition of the Patreon exclusive bonus episode, which is full of all the extra wonderful ride the lightning hotline calls that I don't have time to get to during the regular shows. Those all get sent over to the Patreon exclusive show where I talk, you know, respond to all of those, talk through all those. So if you are uh, if you're a Patreon supporter at the $10 or higher level, you have access to those extra bonus episodes each and every month. So look for a new one of those here. Again, hopefully by the time you read this, but if not, very, very, very soon. Happy electric motoring, everybody. Uh, it has been another busy week of Tesla news, which I'm, I love. I mean, it's, it's way more fun to do a podcast every week when there's a lot to talk about as opposed to scraping the bottom of the barrel for news. So uh, it's been another fun week. It's been, boy, a heck of a stretch here lately with Tesla, with the Model 3 out and all this fun stuff happening. So I will be back next week, of course. New episodes drop every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Take a look for it. I'll be with you here, as always. Happy electric motoring. See you guys next week.